Uh, check your Bibles and turn over to 1st Samuel chapter 22. 1st Samuel chapter number 22. Last week we looked at, um, David, uh, a little bit further in 1st Samuel. And, uh, this week I want to go back a little bit. I guess I'm a little mixed up sometimes. Uh, but I want to look back and I want to look at a message entitled Climbing Out of Your Cave. Climbing, I'm not saying that we're cavemen here, okay, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, but climbing out of your cave, uh, sometimes we can get in a cave and it's not a fun place to be. First Samuel chapter 22 and verse number 1. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Abdullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him and became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. And David went thence to Mizpah of Moab and said unto the king of Moab, Let me, let my father and my mother, I pray thee, come forth and be with you till I know what God will do for me. And he brought them before the king Moab and they dwelt with him all the while that David was in the hole. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that it changes lives as I just gave testimony of Richard, Lord, who accepted Christ as Savior, now in heaven with you. Lord, there's so many here today in our world, in our community, in our family, friends that need you. And Lord, I pray you'll help us because we can get discouraged. And Lord, help us to look to you in those times of discouragement. And Lord, see you provide in a mighty way. I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. In Psalms 61 verse 1, David wrote, Hear my cry, O God, and tend to my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So this is a rhetorical question. I know that you're going to answer yes to this. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by life? Yes. All of us have. No one escapes that uh, from time to time. Thankfully, it's not all the time. It's from time to time we feel that. Uh, and the text that I just read there and in First Samuel chapter 22 we see David in one of those times. He he is in a cave. I don't even like going in caves. Okay, they're dark. They're actually usually kind of wet, and there's no light. It's creepy. You never know what kind of critters live in there. Okay, uh, and uh, so it's not a place you want to be. So David's experienced the loss of everything here, and everyone he leaned on in his life. All his supports are kind of. Knocked out from underneath him. He's alone at first, uh, and he's definitely defeated, and I'm sure he felt discouraged. So David's in one of those cave experiences of life. What David didn't see at this time, but soon would understand, was that the fact that God was behind it all. And sometimes in our discouragement, we forget that God is in control. And David did not know at the time what God was going to do using uh, during this time for him in this cave, but he was going to help David grow stronger and help him emerge so he would be far uh, more equipped and trusting the Lord better than when he entered into that cave. I find that often in my own life when stuff like that happens that I come out more equipped. And I definitely have a stronger faith. And I think that's true in all our times that uh, we go into life's caves and we don't know what's going to happen. We feel alone. We feel discouraged. I don't even need to ask you, have you ever been there? Because I know you have. And some of you might be in the cave right now. I don't know. Uh, but like David... You might be dwelling in the cave, uh, and we often forget the hand of God is there guiding us in that situation. 
uh, and just remember that God is behind it. Uh, Psalm 70, uh, sorry, 37:23 says, "The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and He delighteth in His way." And in Romans 8:28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to this, to His purpose. So I think there's some great lessons here for us uh, about David's dwelling in the cave. Okay, uh, so the first one is the realities of the cave. So in 1 Samuel 20, 1 Samuel 22, uh, verse number 1, David departed thence. So he, he fled from the presence of King Saul and now to the cave of Adullam. He's at like a really low point in his life, okay? A few chapters before he was in the palace. Now he's in a cave. He's hurting. He's, he's been busted up. Now I'm not talking about physically. I'm not aware of him being busted up physically, but he's definitely busted up emotionally. His heart's broken. He's defeated. And let's remember, David knows that he's going to be the next king of Israel, right? That's not an unknown fact to him. He knows that he's been anointed by the king, uh, by Samuel. So he knows that. So can you imagine if you know that you're supposed to be rightfully the ruler and you're living in a cave? Do you think you'd be excited about that? No, none of you would be. You know, so you, you, you think in your mind that I should be resting my head on the most fluffiest pillow that could be found in the kingdom of Israel, but now you're sleeping on rocks in a cave. That's your pillow. Uh, I don't want to sign up for that. You know, that's definitely what I, I don't want that. He, he, man, he leaves the, he's no longer in a nice uh, palace where the, the beds are freshly made and the sheets are nice and comfortable. Now he's in the dampness of a dark cave. It just, it's not a fun place. And it's not comfortable here in the cave. I mean, as a kid, I remember entering a few caves. It was kind of cool for a few minutes. Then you're out. You don't stay there. It's just to kind of examine. Wow. You know, and then out you come. So he's there. This is, this is his refuge, a cave. You think he's fighting loneliness and discouragement? Oh, I'm sure he is. And actually, I won't read it for you, but Psalms 142 was written when David was in this cave. Or in about that time. He was thinking about it at any rate. There are times like that that are ordained for each one of us, you know. When we're, it's a tough time. It's, it's not fun and it's discouraging. And uh, the reality is we're not going to be untouched by hardship and sorrow. It's going to happen to us. Some, some it's great. Some not so much, but I mean, it's still, it, we, we face those things. And the Bible tells us about this matter in, in Job chapter 14, verse 1, it says that man is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. You know, I often I tell people, you know, uh, staying out of trouble. I think all of you have heard me say that to you now. You know, because we can't stay out of it. Yeah, we're born into it. It's going to happen. And some trouble just kind of shows up and you never asked for it. You didn't do anything wrong. You know, you were just doing everything right and then trouble showed up. You know, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen those commercials, uh, I don't know, by State Farm or something, and this guy is acting, his name is Chaos, and uh, he, he causes chaos. Uh, I, I remember this one I saw, he was a, he strapped into a baby seat, and he's pretending to have, be a baby and having a breakdown session. He's throwing popcorn everywhere. Have you ever been there, parents? You've been having a great day, and all of a sudden your kid has a meltdown. Trouble showed up, Right? I mean, the reality, it happens to all of us. We all face those things. Uh, and, I mean, that's a very minor trouble. Uh, but there's other major troubles we face. For all his days are sorrows and his travail grief, yea, his heart take 
No rest in the night. That's Ecclesiastes 2.23. Uh, David faced sorrows, troubles, discouragements. And, you know, and some discouragements that we face are very specific to us. Other people are not discouraged by it. You know, uh, as a pastor, I'm trying to reach people. I'm trying to encourage people. And uh, I'm looking for them to be at church or looking to be involved in church. And I don't see it. And sometimes I can get disappointed. And I can get discouraged by it. You might not notice it. But it would be very specific for me. And so other times it could be a very widespread. There's a number of people are discouraged. So reality is we all face that. Uh, and the reality is, thank the Lord, we don't do it by ourselves. That, you know, the Lord's going to be with us. And thank the Lord that when we get to heaven, there is no more discouragements or disappointments. Amen? And we get there, it's all gone. And I'm looking forward to that. No more of that. So the reality of sorrow has definitely happened to us. And, you know, and, uh, of, uh, sorrow. And then the reality of suffering, we all face that too. God allowed this to happen to David for numerous reasons. Uh, last, uh, uh, I mean, I think there's numerous reasons why, but he probably wouldn't have learned these lessons as well if all his supports were there. So he's alone in a cave. So he's not connecting with his best buddies, right? I mean, he's alone with God at the beginning of these verses. There's no, there's no family. There's no friends. No, the finances are not there. The future looks very bleak, right? He's in a cave. He's on the run. I mean, future does not look like, uh, you know, anything that you want to look at. Uh, David was taught through his suffering to lean upon God. Um, God was not trying to destroy David. Okay. That was not the point here. He was, and he was not trying to discipline David. David was not here at a place where he had done something wicked and God needed to get him back on track. What God was trying to do was develop David into a man that God wanted him to be. I can remember growing up, my dad made me do stuff. I was like, why does dad make me do this? I don't understand this. And he was, I wasn't in trouble. Uh, and he definitely wasn't trying to break me, but he was trying to help me grow up. And so the reality is in our own Christian lives, don't we have to grow in our Christian lives? You better say amen because we do. We all have to grow. And I'm not saying that we're all babes. I'm saying that we need to be continuing maturing in our Christian faith. So God was attempting to develop David to become the man that he wanted to become. And the same is true for our lives. It's not all, we go through hard times, it's not just because, uh, uh, he, well, definitely not because he wants to break us. And it's not because all the time he's trying to discipline us. He's trying to use those things to develop us into who he wants us to be. Uh, God does not do these things to break. I mean, I can't say He does, never does the break us because sometimes our pride needs to be broken, right? We, we need to develop that humble attitude. But He doesn't break us and leave us. He breaks us and helps us grow. You know, He, he doesn't leave us in the, in the ashes of defeat. He wants to help us go forward. There's, there will be times of breaking down, but then there's times of building up. You know, going forward with Him. And I know there's times when those things happen and it's very hard to understand and it's very hard to bear it. I, I, understand, I have been there myself. And God uses those times of affliction and pain in our lives uh, to help us to grow and to go forward with Him. And then we see the reality here as well of, of separation. So David therefore departed thanks and escaped to cave Abdullam. And when his brother and his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. So he went to the cave first and then these folks came along after. 
he was cut off from his family when he first got there. He was on the run, right? He wasn't taking anybody with him. Uh, they would be in peril. And actually, he stopped and got a sword from a priest. And there was a bad dude who saw that. And he went back and told the king. Uh, and they, the king came and killed all the priests. And Ahimelech was the only priest that lived, as far as I understand. Uh, and the rest of them were killed. And, and, and so, you know, David's on the run. He's all by himself. And he's in a place that kind of prevents fellowship with others. He was brought to a cave. And he had nothing there. No one with him but the Lord. The cave is a place of separation. And often when those things happen to ours, those disappointments, discouragements, uh, sorrows, that kind of has the same effect for us. We're kind of, we feel separated. Now, I understand that we live in a really connected world, right? I mean, I, I, I constantly, almost every week, I try to connect with people in our church to say, hey, I appreciate you praying for you. Uh, I love doing that. But, you know, that's, and I, and I, I do like doing it, and I, I think most people like to hear it, but that's really not super great communication because it's not face to face, you know what I'm saying? It's so much better to be face-to-face and sitting down at a table or whatever the case is. It's good to be communicating. So though we have communication with people, a text is very hard to know how you really feel. Unless you're being very sarcastic or you're being nasty on your text. It's really hard. I mean, I can text someone and say, how are you doing? And you are having the worst day of your life. Oh, fine. How do I know any different? And vice versa, you could text me and I could be having the worst day of my life. And I'll be like, oh, fine. You don't know. Uh, so the reality is here with David, as he's in his cave, he's, he's away from, he's disconnected. And so with us, when we face those problems, discouragements, we're disconnected, shut off from the rest of the world. And, and you know, let's just be honest, we never look forward to those times. We, we, we fear those times. But those times often bring some, uh, some great things. I mean, we saw last week, uh, David, when King Saul showed up in the cave, he didn't kill him and he, he got things right. He had good communication with the enemy. You know, he did right. Uh, you know, jo- uh, Jacob was alone in his tent. Uh, Elijah was alone by the brook. Job alone around, surrounded by his friends. They weren't talking. They just were there. Moses alone on the backside of the mountain. Some good things came from those times. Okay? And, and those get, I think, you know, I really think it's just getting disconnected with the world and getting reconnected with God. Because we can get so disconnected from God. I mean, I, I can read my Bible and I can pray. And, but the idea is that intense fellowship, that intense time in the Word, or that intense time in prayer, and you, uh, you, you'll get your connections right. You know, you, you, you get things back where they need to be. You, you wipe off the old rust stains on the connection points and you get it going good. You're getting charged up. And uh, so those, those times, uh, getting cut off a little bit, don't get... I mean, I know it's discouragement. You don't like discouragement. I don't either. Uh, but you can look to God at those times and He'll help you. Uh, those cave times can be a blessed time of instruction and help you grow and help you get established. And none of us like it. And we may not understand why it took place. But God has brought you to that place. And so we need to be there and soak up what He's trying to teach us. Uh, you know, soak up what he's trying to get our attentions about. And he's going to be there with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he's a faithful friend. He's a faithful friend and a very present help in trouble. Our God is a refuge and a strength and a very present help in trouble. Psalms 46.1. So, 
That's the first part of the of those verses. And then the next part is the revelations of the cave. So he gets to the cave, and then some good things start happening. Uh, as David supports begin to be taken away, you know, uh, he's, he's on the run. He doesn't have much access to anything. Have you ever found when you're in those kind of situations that you really start to doubt? Is God, is God in control? Does God really know my life? Does Does He know what I'm facing today? Does He understand this? This is really important to me. Whatever it is, this is really important to me. Lord, help me. And maybe... Um, Maybe during, I mean, we're not told he's having a pity party, but I gotta wonder if it didn't. Maybe during those moments of doubt, he starts hearing some footsteps on the rocks outside the cave. And maybe he wonders if it's King Saul and his men come to get him. But it wasn't King Saul and it wasn't his men, did King Saul's men. We see his family showed up. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. His family come. Then the defeated men and downtrodden men of Israel begin to show up. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto Him and He became a captain over them. And there were with Him about 400 men. Now David's family came, I think, because they feared Saul. Okay? Because David was on the run. You've got to remember this time period. It still happens today. It's not an unknown thing that a usurper of authority and his family are public enemy number one, right? Let's get them. Let's kill them. Let's remove them. So David's family, I believe they came to him out of fear of Saul. The rest, I think, came because they believed David was God's man for the future. And boy, did they ever get that right. They got that right. And uh, they went to him. They, they casted all their lots in with David. David, you're our man. We are going to follow you. And God used this motley group of people and to show David that he had a plan for his life. Uh, I don't know how God will do it, but somehow while you're in your cave, while you're in that discouragement, He'll bring someone alongside to encourage you. It has happened to me every time. Our God is faithful. He will not leave you. He will not, I mean, I understand there's times when you, it's quiet and you're separated, but when your spirit is hurting, God just brings along those right individuals. Sometimes it's verses, but we're right here, we're thinking about people. He brings them along and they encourage him. And it, and it could be other things too, you know, Elijah had ravens show up with food. You know, uh, Moses had the burning bush. God has a way of showing us that's going to be alright. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to protect you. Uh, you know, we're, I'm with you. So we see a revelation of his calling. Uh, and then, uh, then we see a revelation of his character. When his family and the malcontents of Israel show up, he probably, that David, David probably thought, oh my goodness, what's going on here? Why are you all here? You know, what, what, why are you all coming here? Uh, and the idea that he, he rose, David did, though, did rise to the challenge and to the truth of his character and revealed indeed that he was going to be a leader. He is a leader. He took measures to care for his elderly parents. We still see that in verses 3 and 4 of this chapter. And then he rose up and led his men. Instead of breaking under the pressure, which was a lot, David's heart was revealed. The leader rose to the challenge and he led. It took pain 
It took problems. I think it took discouragement. And it, it squeezed it. All that squeezed it out of them show what came out. Uh, have you ever been with, uh, like in a pressure cooker kind of situation? Uh, like something's, there's a lot of pressure. I know I've, I've worked in different workplaces and different types of pressure. And, uh, I can remember this one place I worked at, there was a, a lady who was in charge of our, our area. And if it was pressure, we never had to worry. Denise had it figured out. Denise knew. Now she'd get on you if you weren't doing your job. But she had it all figured out. The pressure bring out the best in her. She was just, she'd get you going. Now there's other people like, oh no, she's in charge today. It's gonna, this is gonna be like a gong show here today. You know, it was, you know, they would, she, this individual wasn't a, she was a guy. I can't even remember his name. Uh, but he would just fall to pieces when the pressure was on. Now, so when the pressure comes on you, do you turn sour and bitter? Or do you look to Jesus? Because when the pressure comes, we can get sour, can't we? And we definitely can get bitter if we're not careful. And But when the pressure comes on, it really displays our integrity of who we are. It shows our character, right? And when things are easy and fine, uh, you, you know, okay, you, you know, it's not the same kind of test of character as when the pressure's on and things aren't going right and you see how the Lord's moving in your life. You know, how people act when pressure on shows and reveals their heart, doesn't it? And what, what happens when the pressure's on you? Well, how does it reveal your heart? What, what does it show to other people? We saw a revelation of his commitment. In spite of all what, uh, the circumstances, uh, that face David, David's help comes from God. He, and he was trusting God. Uh, David knew where to go to find refuge in times of trouble. I don't know how many times that kind of phrase is used in Psalms. That exact wordage, and in other words, you know, uh, he's my fortress, and or whatever. He uses all kinds of analogies to say, God is my help. I'm committing myself to Him, and I'm going to follow Him. Uh, I mean, and David made mistakes. He made some huge errors, made massive mistakes, but he still knew who he needed to trust, and that was God. And he held on to the Lord and the promises that God gave him. Uh, so, I, you know, he's on the run, gets to this cave, he's by himself, his parents show up, and these malcontents show up, and then he starts to lead them. And I'm, I'm starting to think that now it's really starting to get some gears, it's really starting to get some traction. He's like, hey, this is what God wants me to do. Hey, He's anointed me to be the next king. Hey, I can trust the Lord. I think we all operate a little bit like David. If we don't watch out that that cave, we might never come out of it if we're not trusting God, right? We need to be trusting Him. And that's what David demonstrates to us. He, he shows us His heart. And, and when that pressure is on in your life, whatever it is, don't turn on God. Don't turn on the Lord. Uh, look to Him for strength. Look to Him to guide. And, and that will demonstrate... Uh, levels of commitment to God, and it'll be a great testimony to other people. Other people will see it, and there'll be encouragement. Uh, right now, uh, a dear friend of ours is in the hospital in Toronto. Uh, we went to school, me and my wife went to school with Tim Tubhope. If you would pray for Tim, I would really appreciate it. Uh, Tim has cancer. Uh, he only found out of it about it just around Christmas time, and he is in a really bad place. And his dear wife sends out constant messages asking us to pray for him. And just the messages, she is totally trusting God. 
to take care of our sweet husband, Tim. And I'm watching it. And the reality is, this is not a put-on. Her name's Michelle. Michelle is not putting a put-on. She believes God. She's trusting God. And it's a testimony uh, to everyone who knows them that she's trusting God. And they've been praying for certain things. God has done certain things. And the doctors come in amazed. And she's like, God did that. I mean, what a testimony. You know, and so when that pressure comes, uh, we, we can be, uh, serving the Lord and looking to Him to God and direct. We are such a testimony to the believer. You know, I, I read her messages, uh, almost every day on Facebook. She puts out a message about how Tim's doing and it caused me to stop and pray and I think of him constantly, uh, to pray for him and things. And, uh, and then, so as Christians, we're encouraged to pray and pray and, and then the lost see it and they're like, wow, they serve, they, they got something that I don't. And so during those times of pressure, we can be amazing testimony as well. We see the refreshments of the cave. Caves make for hard living, don't they? I mean, it's not a place you want to set up shop. I, you know, when I moved to Ontario, I wasn't looking for a cave to move the whole family into. Oh. But they're not altogether bad, the caves of life. There's some things that you can find there that are refreshing. You know, on that hot summer day, and someone brings you out that cold glass of water with ice in it, and you—I mean, you can almost feel it go right through your whole body. It feels so good, you know. It's so refreshing. And same here with David. He sees the refreshment of his family. David' family comes to him in that cave. So just think about this. You know, when Samuel showed up to anoint one of the sons of Jesse, his dad neglected or forgot to even get him to show up. You know, Jesse, you're not winning the Father of the Year award on that one, okay? Samuel's like, you got any more kids? You got any more boys? Oh, yeah! I got David out in the field. Someone go get David. I mean, you would think you'd call all your boys, wouldn't you? (laughs) This prophet shows up and says, I want to anoint one of your boys. Get all the boys here, lads. Get them all here. No, David's left out in the field. You know, you think that David, I mean, let's face it, David's human just like me and us, uh, me and you, and you think he might have felt a little slighted that dad didn't call me right away? You know, but he still gets anointed to be the king. You know, Eliab, his oldest brother, man, he came down pretty hard on David and criticized him when the Philistines were up against him, Goliath. He was not being a good big brother. I mean, he came down hard on him. And that's in First Samuel 17, 28. He was very public and very sarcastic. Not fun, okay? Now, they see him, see in him, well, God wants him to be there. He's God's man, God's choice for king. The one they formerly had passed over is the one they turned to for help. It seems that the caves of life have a potential to bring out our best. It definitely did so, uh, with David. You know, as a pastor, I have been in lots of places, uh, that have been pretty horrible for people. You know, uh, showing up in hospitals when things aren't going well or, you know, family situations that are very bad. And, you know, I try to help. I try to encourage. I can't change anything. But I'm there to be supportive. I'm there to pray, read Scripture. And if there's something physically we can do, we'll do it. Uh, but I have seen in 20 years of ministry uh, problems that come into people's life. And I've watched some people. But those problems come. They have solely trusted God. And just to see 
Though it's a a huge crumbling load upon their back, uh, they they just take the next step with Jesus. And and I'll be honest, I'm humbled to see it because I don't know if I could do it like they did it. But they just follow the Lord. And though they, it is such a hard burden uh, and things of that nature they're going through, uh, they're there and, uh, and we try to help them along. We try to be a good family, a Christian family to them, encourage them along the path. Uh, we, we need to be encouraging each other as we go. We see the refreshments of his followers. These men who gathered themselves around David were there because they were fed up with Saul. Okay? They were distressed. They came to David in distress. That means they were under strain. They were under pressure. They also told that they were in debt. This speaks of those who couldn't pay their bills. They were discontented. This word refers to those who are bitter, who have been mistreated. Uh, here's a group of 400 men who've suffered under the tyranny and taxation of Saul, and they're fed up with it. And they're like, David, you're the man. We're going to follow you. So they go to David because they believe that he is God's man for Israel going forward. I'm not sure. I'm sure that David could not see in his life what they saw. At that time, David could only see his defeat and discouragement. That's why he's in the cave, right? He's on the run. I don't have anything to offer to you guys. I mean, lads, I don't have anything for you. I mean, uh, I don't. Uh, Why come here? You know, while David, all that David could see was the cave, those who came to him, you know what they saw? They saw the crown. You're the king. You're going to be the next king of Israel. We're following you. You're, you're God's chosen man. And they gather themselves around him and they believe in him even when he's down. Thank God for encouragers in life. Amen? They are so important for those who people who see the potential in our lives and, and, and when we can't see nothing good for in our own selves. You know, they showed up. You know, uh, maybe a few moments before they showed up, David might have been in that cave kicking stones. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe have himself a good old cry. I don't know what happened. And then they show up. They're like, you're our king. We're going to follow you. And David's like, I'm what? I mean, ten minutes ago, I didn't think I was anything. And now you guys, you 400 guys are here and you want me to lead you? And I'm so glad for those encouragers who come into life. I think of Barnabas. I, I can't wait to get to heaven and meet Barnabas. He's been such an encouragement to me in my life, in my own ministry, to be like a Barnabas, just to encourage people to go forward. He took under wing that young fellow, John Mark, uh, when he had abandoned the mission. Barnabas says, ah, there's still potential in you to serve Jesus Christ. When so many people were willing to write John Mark off, one strike, you're out, buddy. Now Barnabas saw it, and, and, and we know from Scripture there was a contention between him and Saul, or Paul, and they split over it. But later on, Paul gives credit, hey, you're a prophet for ministry, John Mark. That's happened because Barnabas stayed at it. Now, I know the Lord was involved, but Barnabas was willing to surrender and be an encouragement. And so important. God puts those people around us who can encourage us. You know, I don't need any more critics in life. None of us do, do we? There's all kinds of them. That's fine. I don't need any more of those. What we all need more of is people who encourage us for Jesus Christ. And sometimes, you know, encouragement uh, is just not all these fluffy words. Sometimes encouragement has come alongside and say, hey, you did this wrong, this is how you should do it better, so you can serve Jesus better. 
Right? That's part of encouragement. It's not sitting back like, you did that wrong. You should quit. That's what a critic would do. I can't believe you call yourself a Christian doing that kind of stuff. Oh, did I sound like a critic then? I'm sorry. But that's what they do. We don't need any more of those. We need people to come alongside each other and say, hey, we're going to go forward for Jesus Christ. That's refreshing. That's encouraging. And I'm so glad for those people in our church and, uh, and people in my own life. I can think of individuals. Uh, I, I think of Jerome Murphy who saw the potential in me. He's in heaven now. And he saw potential in me and he invested in my life. I'm so thankful for people like that. And we need to be that kind of people. Just be make sure we're there to encourage. The refreshment of his focus. Going through the pain of seeing all his supports taken away. He was on the run. He flees to the cave. He flees to the palace. He's in the cave. He's humbled. But God begins the process of transforming David into a great king. God took a ragtag band of men and worked through David, transformed them into David's mighty men. You can read about them in 2 Samuel 23. And God sent this men to David in that cave. And David was able to get in his mind uh, uh, that, that he needed to focus on leading them uh, by God's help and train them. Uh, they were a fighting force. I mean, we're talking physically. They were an army. And, and, but it all began with a humble beginning. Humble beginning. You know, David's focus would soon be to walk out of that cave and walk towards the crown. If there's any benefit of the cave, it stands out. It's in the cave. It helps us to get focused on the right priorities, right? When before the cave, we're we may be all over the place, but when we get in that cave, our priorities get really focused. Things get focused where they need to be, and that nothing but the cave helps us get that focus uh, and get us on the right track. Peter was all over the map, right? The disciple Peter, before he entered into his cave experience. Then when he came out, boy, he was like a laser. Focused. He was going to serve. And there's others too. Uh, you'll find that it will tighten your focus on what's most important. And you know what the most important thing is finding and doing the will of God for your life. That's the most important. You know, David entered that cave, a broken man, a defeated man. And he emerged. We don't know exactly how long this was. But he emerged a while later as a captain of, a, of an army. He went from running from a crazy king and he came out preparing to go forward to take the crown. And not in, in subordination or a coup, but God's way. The cave really refined David's life and prepared him to go forward. So the reality is, if it happened for David, it can happen for you. You know, during those times of difficulty, whatever the case is, discouragement, you can look to God. And He'll help you carry that load. He'll help you get through that. And maybe this evening you need to take care of something. I don't know. Maybe you're going through that cave and maybe it's really tough right now. You can trust God. And I would encourage you, if you're going through a cave situation, look to Psalms. Boy, it's a great book. I love the book Psalms. I read that almost every day. I love Psalms. You know? I understand the emotion Dave talked about and others writers in the book of Psalms. You know, get in God's Word. And you get discouraged, get in God's Word. You're encouraged, get in God's Word. Just get in God's Word. Alright? Get in there and see what God has for you and bring those burdens to Him. And boy, God can do some great things through us when we go through hard times. But He's there. He's caring. And He's always got people around to encourage us. His Word is there to encourage us. And He never leaves us. 
nor forsakes us. Dear Jesus, thank You for Your Word. Lord, thank You for the opportunity we have to look at the life of David. We saw last week the, uh, how he dealt with the enemy, and this week, Lord, how he dealt with the cave. And boy, he did it right. Help us to have that same spirit now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.